Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, it's Dr. Will Cole. This podcast is the manifesto for a new breed of health seekers. This is the art of being well. What's up and welcome to the art of being well. I am a leading functional medicine doctor. I get to consult people around the world via webcam and I'm a New York Times bestselling author. I wrote intuitive fasting, the inflammation spectrum and ketotarian. If you want to learn more about my clinical work, the telehealth center we have, becoming a patient, the books, there's lots of free resources there for you as well. You can check it all out at drwillcole.com. That's D-R-W-I-L-L-C-O-L-E.com. And listeners of The Art of Being Well, if you haven't heard the news, I have a brand new book for pre-order right now. It's called Gut Feelings, Healing the Shame-Fueled Relationship Between What You Eat and How You Feel. I'm talking all about gut and feelings, the physiological and the psychological. So the physiological side, the gut side, we're talking about underlying gut problems and things like SIBO and histamine intolerance and mold toxicity and things that I see on labs a lot and how that impacts people's moods many times. Things like anxiety and depression and brain fog and fatigue. That's the the physiological side, the gut side. And then on the psychological side, We're talking about the research of shame and stress and trauma and intergenerational trauma, the mental, emotional, spiritual stuff, and how that impacts our nervous system, our vagus nerve, how it impacts our gut-brain axis, how it impacts inflammation levels and our hormones. So it's called Gut Feelings. It's for pre-order right now. And every month from now until the book comes out, we're giving away free signed books, lots of free healthy stuff whenever you pre-order Gut Feelings. So head on over to drwillcool.com for all the information about the gut feelings pre-order swag. All right. And we're also giving away free signed books when you leave an Apple podcast review. So if you head on over to Apple podcasts and rate and review the art of being well there and every month, no matter when you listen to this episode, my team and I will be randomly picking winners and sending a free signed book right to wherever you're at in the world. So you can do, do it two different ways. You can leave your Instagram handle in the Apple Podcast Review itself, or you can message me on Instagram at Dr. Will Cole and message me with a screenshot of your Apple Podcast Review. Either way is completely fine. 
will be going through my messages on Instagram and the Apple Podcast Review every month and randomly picking winners. All right, good luck. Let's get to today's guest, shall we? His name is Dr. Christian Gonzalez. Man, I love this guy. He is a dear friend of mine, and you're going to learn so much from him. Dr. Gonzalez, Dr. G, as he's known, he's completed his doctorate of naturopathic medicine at the University of Bridgeport College of Naturopathic Medicine. During his time there, he took interest in many fields of medicine, but it wasn't until his mother passed of cancer that he decided to shift his focus to oncology. The evolution of Dr. G was in cancer. Upon graduation, he completed his residency at the Cancer Treatment Center of America in Philadelphia, where he found a passion in helping people optimize their health and preventing chronic disease. He soon realized that cancer was not simply nutritional or exercise-based. It was much more than that. He has become a trusted voice in the auditing of healthy brands so that the consumer is empowered to make the best choice for themselves and their families. He is also the host of the weekly podcast called Heal Thyself, which focuses on giving people the tools they need to truly heal from the inside out and highlight some of the top medical professionals in the industry. I was on at least two times, I think at this point, maybe three, but I mean, this guy, I freaking love him. He's amazing. Dr. G has been featured in countless media outlets, including MSN, the LA Times, Shape, and so much more. Stay tuned through the entire conversation because at the end, I'll answer another one of your burning health questions and ask me anything. All right. This is Dr. Christian Gonzalez's Art of Being Well. Dr. Gonzalez, man, Dr. G, where have you been all my life? Oh, man, I've, I've been in Venice, the same place I was all your life. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? You, you left the East Coast. I left the East Coast. I know. Yeah, the, you, the, for our friendship life. Yes. Yeah. I, I, you, I, you've only been there. You've, yeah, right. Since I've known you, you've been <laughs> right there in Venice. But let me tell you a little something. The, the people in the East Coast used to call me California Christian. So I always had California in my blood and bones, man. You can, it's, yeah. it's hard to be in the middle of the East Coast energy and just be like, yeah, man, it's cool. Don't worry about it. We'll, yeah. we'll flow. I, I could see that. I was actually thinking about that. You being from New York and then thinking this guy is like made for Venice in so many ways <laughs> yeah. that it's like you're, you came, came to your home. I came to my home, man. And the thing is, I truly believe geographically in this world, there's places we're supposed to be. And when I came here, at least to Los Angeles, and look, there it is far from perfect here, but the weather is perfect. And I came here and it unfolded. It was like a dam that broke. That was like, oh, at the time I was 34. Here are all of the things for 34 years you've been waiting for. It's just, just keep going and flowing and flowing. And I was like, I think I'm supposed to be here. So that was really cool. Yeah. That is really cool. So you're holding down Abikini for me. Mm -hmm. How's it doing without me? I haven't been back in a while. Man, I'm walking up and down Abikini, sunglasses, shopping bags, matcha in my hand. I'm letting everyone know <laughs> Dr. G is walking up and down Venice Boulevard. Yeah, I would love it. All right, buddy. So I, in my mind, I, I, my, one of my dreams is to go on a wellness tour with you. We should like, it could be like a wellness band only it won't be music. It'll just be like, I'm thinking like light jazz, just spoken word about wellness and health. And what do you think about this? Bro, you just spoke to my heart. 
do you know that this morning I just had light jazz and I did a, a scene performance for my assistant out of nowhere? I did not know that. No, I was thinking about that this morning. I'm like, that'd be so freaking fun. Dude, I put on light jazz and I was standing in the middle of my living room in my new house. It doesn't have anything anywhere. So it's just a big room. And I'm I'm doing a spoken word about Reebok pumps as a kid. I was like, how bad I wanted these pumps and how I learned patience as a kid. And finally, when I, man, I was acting, I was rapping and I was doing spoken word. I love it. Hey, well, same page, man. We're same wavelength. Let's do we it. Could get, we could get maybe Max Lugavere. We get a couple guys in this space. Oh, go around the country. Let, are you, man, I, I, got, I got the production team ready to do it. We got the bus ready. Let's do right, this. Let's talk about this off air. But we'll circle back for the people okay. and let okay. them know the details. Okay. BTR Nation is on a mission to reimagine snack time. They make functional snacks with no added sugar, plant-based superfoods, and adaptogens, and seriously clean ingredients. Protein bars are just the beginning, and they just launched brand new nut butter cups. They're so freaking good. Their superfood bars are packed with healthy fats, so they fill you up for hours. With only two to three grams of total sugar per bar, no sugar crashes or cravings involved. The best part is that each bar contains purpose-driven ingredients. There's cinnamon cookie dough energy bars, so freaking good, and it's boosted with organic maca and cordyceps, which are amazing adaptogens to help support energy levels and focus supporting the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis, like balancing your body's resilience to stress basically, and supports your immune system as well. And it tastes like a snickerdoodle. No joke. You have to check this out. The founder, Ashley, started BTR Nation after her parents passed away from rare forms of cancer. She became frustrated with hospital vending machine snacks. I mean, we've all been there pretty messed up. Years later, she turned her recipes into a way to honor her parents and help change our broken food system. Use code WILLCOLE at checkout for 20% off your first purchase plus free shipping. All you have to do is visit btrnation.com. That's the letter B, letter T, letter R, nation. btrnation.com. Use code WILLCOLE at checkout for 20% off your first purchase plus free shipping, btrnation.com. Hi, I'm Pia Berengini, the creative director of LPA, an entrepreneur, a wife, and a dog mom based in Los Angeles. This is my new podcast, Everything is the Best, where we basically ask interesting people, how did you go from zero to yacht? I'm always curious how the hell people became successful, and I figured you would be too. Get on the internet with me. Let's laugh, let's cry, let's overshare, and let's get inspired to live our best lives. Check out new episodes every Wednesday. It's all for you, baby. Thanks for listening. Love you, mean it. So let's get into it. I am such a fan of you and what you're doing for years. You know this, off air, on air. Let's start with something that I know that you're known for, I think would be a good way to kick it off, is your product reviews. And you just lay down the law. Mm. You're, you, people love your product reviews. How did they come to be? Let's start there. Well, they do. And and laying down the law is the way to say it, right? Like that, remember I said East Coast, like going with the flow, it's cool. But you know what stuck with me is like, no, I ain't taking no shit either. Yeah, you know? so, that's the New Yorker part of me. That's you. the New Yorker part of me. Yeah. So there is like a kind of a crass part that is like, no, this shouldn't be here. This is a problem. So it came about when we started the podcast and 
the producer of the podcast goes, why don't you just start reviewing products? I go, products? Oh, that's a good idea. And then one of the first one was like popcorn and people took so well to it. They're like, wait, I always eat that popcorn. I thought it was healthy. And I was like, oh, you didn't know. And then I was like, wait a minute. The, the mindset of people in the health and wellness, like you and me, right? Like we can go read the back of the labels, but the average American is taking things at face value. So if it's on the shelf, yeah. they go, yeah, okay, it must be safe. It must be healthy. It must be fine to give to me and my kids. And then that's when it hit me. I was like, whoa, no, there's a lot of education that needs to be had about just what to look for in the supermarket when you buy popcorn, matcha, coffee, whatever, crackers. So that's sort of what started like, helping to grow the podcast too, because people became empowered. That's the point, right? Like I'm not going to do pop popcorn review every year, but people will know now what to look for. So that's and how they can go up. back. And I'm sure it's quite the shareable thing, right? Mm -hmm. Because we all know family and friends. Oh, like I know so-and-so uses this. <laughs> it could go and share it and educate them. What's the, been the most for the people and like the feedback that you're getting on, online, What's the most surprising for people to the, a lot of aha moments for them as far as the product reviews? Mm. I, I guess the first thing that comes into mind is tea and tea bags and just tea in general, right there. They go, oh, wow, I've, I've been buying this Lipton tea for so long. I've been told that ginger tea is good, but none of us really think about the tea bag that it's steeped in and really hot temperatures, which liberate different chemicals and microplastics. Right. Yeah. Let's talk about that. So w what bags are we talking about? Mm -hmm. I, I, I have a feeling I know what you're talking about. Yeah. But people that are new to this, I want them to know mm -hmm. this is an important topic. What, what what should we be looking out for? There's two issues with tea bags. One, the the silky ones, the ones that kind of feel nice on your thing. And you're like, wow, yeah. look at these fancy tea yeah, bags. This is super bougie. Super yeah, bougie, right? The ones you get at the <laughs> New York cafes, right? Oh yeah. Those, those are made of a material that can start liberating these microplastics, right? But we're not talking about thousands of microplastics. We're talking about millions that are liberated into the tea. On top of that, a lot of these tea bags are bleached with something called epichlorohydrin. And that breaks down into a nasty chemical called dioxin, which is one that I know you're familiar with that actually stays in the body for quite a while. Now, one tea isn't going to do anything. And, and, I, and this is a lot of the work I had to bring language into these environmental things about what it means, right? One tea bag is not going to be anything. One tea bag a day for a year won't. But there's people who drink tea every single day. You go to the UK, my friends out there, man, tea, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And now we have to really start thinking about it. And then the other, the third thing that I didn't mention is heavy metals. A lot of these teas are sprayed, especially green teas, black teas are sprayed with pesticides which actually inherently have themselves have with themselves heavy metals and it's coming from the ground. So what that means is that we need to find a really good quality tea company. I speak about a few. You definitely want to look for an organic label on the tea. You want to make sure that they're reducing the pesticides. Doesn't mean anything about heavy metals, but still it's you're still on a much better footing and then look for the bags that are kind of the paper ones, like the brown paper ones and ask the company if you don't know. Go, hey, do you bleach your tea bags? Hey, do you have microplastics in your tea bags? Call and advocate for yourself. DM them. And a company that is doing right by you, they're going to go, oh, please, let me show you this right on the website. We have a whole page on this. And if you want, click and we'll show you the testing. Those are the best companies out there. Love that. So I, I drink a lot of tea and I'll typically do peak tea, which are you familiar with peak? Oh, fantastic. I've been working yeah. with them for years. They're great. Okay. Good, good. Yeah, Simon Chang's amazing. He's been on the podcast. And there's no bags. So you you like the the peak tea technology then? 
Yeah, I, I love the satchels, right? Because they don't have to. They don't have yeah, to no brew and stay. Yeah, so it's right. it's really nice and it's convenient. They make excellent matcha. It's been one of the top matchas for many years. Strong. If you want like a strong matcha that's going to have all of the therapeutic effects and it's going to hit you in a good way, you know, all that L-theanine in there. It's it's that's that's one of the best ones. It's in my pantry right now. I love that. What out of the product reviews, what was the most controversial one that you're like, dang, I didn't, maybe you knew it was going to be controversial. Maybe you didn't, but like, it really got people talking in a, yeah, that that type of way. I'll tell you which one, the protein powder one, the first one I've ever did. The first one I did was I reviewed so many, right. And at the time, since this was 2019, since then, there've been so many other new protein powder brands and actually doing a lot better. But back then, there were so many protein powder brands that are, weren't good quality ones, but you're going to find it in the health food store, right? So I started, and this was like the first real like coming of age. I'm stepping into this and saying, hey, this company is not doing right by you. This company, ooh, this is a good one. And I put it out there. And it's interesting, like when my Instagram was in 2019, it was, it was a smaller Instagram, but it was so like... Uh, something happened with, as you know, algorithm at some point, because they, everyone was seeing all of these things. And I was like, yeah, this is amazing. So 2019, it hit. And man, on the comments, I had the founders of some of these companies going back and forth with each other, with me saying all these things. Other people were like, no, this is great. Other people were like, this is terrible for the industry. Who do you think you are? That was controversial because I really had to take, like, turn off the phone, take some breaths, come back to it the next day, because it was like, I did not expect for that to catch fire. And it was really controversial because I spoke a lot about heavy metals and plant-based protein. This was all plant-based protein, not whey. I spoke about food coloring and I spoke about really just quality and pesticides and herbicides. And mm-hmm. people don't think all, all the time about these. They go, wow, it's, it's a vegan protein. You know, I, this, is, this is a really good one. And they sell it at Whole Foods. I should be having this for me and my kids. And, and no, not necessarily. Yeah. So what should people look, be looking out for on labels? Are there any brands that you like as far as protein powders? Yes, they should be looking for. So the issue with protein powders is this. When you get a pea protein, the plant-based one, that's primarily pea protein and or rice, you know, and the pea protein and rice can be, they tie in with a lot of these heavy metals that I was just talking about, right? Especially lead, sometimes cadmium, if there's a lot of chocolate flavoring, but lead's the big one. And organic doesn't necessarily, doesn't translate at all to heavy metals. So if you have high heavy metals, you can still have an organic label. So we need to remember that. So this is the step that the protein powder you took is let's, okay, you have an organic label. Let's look at the testing to see where the heavy metals are at. And a lot of these companies right at their serving size were already encroaching on, wow, I shouldn't, you shouldn't be having this that much lead in a day. And a lot of them in their serving size was way over. And I was like, whoa, okay. One day, all right, two days, maybe a month, maybe three months. But after that, you're taking it every day, right? So got to look for the organic labels still, right? And then, you know, you can go back and listen to the podcast about the brands that I like. You can call the company and say, hey, at the very least, Proposition 65 is, is very much so controversial because it's, really, it's a really high, tough standard. But still, if companies are meeting under Proposition 65, beautiful, right? Because then you know that their lead is really low, especially for protein powder. So go, Hey, are you under proposition 65? Because really only people in California are going to see that. But if you're in Ohio, call them up and say, are you in California under this? They go, yeah, we, we definitely are. We all the time meet this. And if we have it on the label, it's to protect ourselves 
because there's sometimes lawyers that go around and random batch tests trying to catch companies, you know, going over by a little. That's a whole nother thing. But regardless, ask, ask, ask. That just advocate for yourself. And a good company will be like, we got you. Check this out. Love that. Have you tried athletic greens yet? I'm sipping on some athletic greens right now. I have loved this stuff for years with one delicious scoop of athletic greens. You're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day off right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy levels throughout the day, recovery, focus. If you're struggling with brain fog, it supports healthy aging, all the things. AG1 is a small micro habit with big benefits. It's one thing you can do every single day to take great care of yourself. You don't have to make it too complicated. It's just really simple. You can make it a ritual. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting really good and refreshing. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit, your Starbucks habit, or whatever other habit. People have lots of habits that they pay for. This is something that you can do to nourish your body. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. You're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's all you have to do. To make it really easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D. I look at labs all day long. That's my day job. And vitamin D deficiency, which you need for a healthy immune system, healthy mood, healthy energy levels, it is ubiquitous, low vitamin D. And it's so easy to fix it. And Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and also five free travel packs of Athletic Greens with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash willcole. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash willcole to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. If you've been living with eczema, acne, or rosacea, you can relate to the frustration of trying dozens and dozens of products over the years without any long-term relief. With Glad Skin, you can expect something very different. Glad Skin is a new category of skin treatment that is made for people of all ages with eczema-prone, acne-prone, and rosacea-prone skin. But what actually causes the itchiness, redness, inflammation, and discomfort in the skin in the first place? It's a disruption of the bacterial environment that you all know. It's called the skin microbiome. Glad Skin specifically works to target the imbalance in your skin's microbiome. But unlike other skincare brands and prescription medications, GladSkin uses something called microbalance, a revolutionary protein that restores the balance of the good and bad bacteria that live on your skin so it can finally heal. It is so effective that 91% of users, both adults and children, who try their top-selling eczema cream reported significant improvement after just seven days. That's all. Glad Skin and Microbalance is steroid-free, works without harsh ingredients, and is clinically proven to reduce eczema symptoms. It's even gentle enough for babies. 
So if you've been frustrated with your treatment options, don't wait to try GladSkin. They are offering my listeners 15% off plus free shipping on your first order at gladskin.com slash willcole. That's gladskin.com slash willcole for 15% off plus free shipping. Gladskin.com slash willcole. Isn't it shocking to you? Maybe it's not shocking to you, but the things that the EU would never allow or different countries, not just the EU, New Zealand, Australia, I think of different countries. And I go back and forth. Like I, I think from a consumer protection standpoint, that's 100% should be and at least, at the very least, transparency so people know what they're getting and can make the decision for themselves possibly. What, what's your thoughts on that? Like the things that can get away with in, in the United States and the, and the balancing act of freedom of choice, but also transparency. Yeah, I, I think I think the balancing act of freedom of choice and transparency, the seesaw is way disproportionate. There is very little transparency and we there's an illusion of freedom of choice, right? Because we're choosing, but not with informed consent. We yes. are not getting the full information of what we're buying. And it just, it's not only in the medical industry, like when you take a drug, it's, it's, right. it's all over the food industry. And to think like, all right, well, these synthetic food colorings can be tied to behavioral issues with my children. Wait, but then we go to the EU, right? We go to Spain, for example, their food coloring uses beets and turmeric coloring, right? All of these spices that are really adding the color, but we are using synthetic ones, right? There's so many Instagram pages you'll see, right? And, and I would research it too. You'd see like a food product in the United States and a food product in the UK, for example. And then I'd be like, wow, look at the change, the difference in the ingredients. Then I go online and I go, okay, what is in a, in a, you know, whatever in the UK. And it's true. Like to think that for some reason in the United States, we have a way longer list of chemicals, right? Excipients, right? Emulsifiers, stabilizers, all of these things. And then in the UK and food coloring and in the UK, it's for some reason, just not having in all of Europe, like you said, Switzerland, New Zealand. And my question is why? Why? What the hell is going on in the United States that there's so much going on? It turns out that the FDA, there's massive loopholes in the way they're introducing these chemicals into not only foods, but cosmetics too. But it, it is like when I found out and did real research and, and like deep, deep in it, it's like a Swiss cheese. And it's like chemical companies or, or new chemicals will just go through and it's basically innocent until proven guilty. That's the basic way we approach chemicals in our food and our cosmetics. It's a big problem because guess what? With that approach to regulation, we're the lab rats. We're the ones who are going to be creating and manifesting all of these issues. And then they go, oh, well, you know, that dioxin, why did we, add, why did we put that out there in the first place? Because yeah. a million people got cancer, right? So we need stronger holds right at the forefront. Right. That's the difference. Uh, and that's the, the balancing act is informed consent. I think people could get behind that if, as consumers, we were at least knowing what we were getting into. I agree with that wholeheartedly. So shifting gears here, my friend, I something I want to talk about with you on the podcast, something that I, I dig in with patients quite a bit. Clinically, we talk about it on the podcast is this bi-directional relationship between our thoughts and emotions and our physical body and that mental health is physical health. And I, you talk so eloquently about this on social media and in all the work that you do. And you personally have gone through quite a deep transformation, I know, recently, not too long ago. Can you kind of explain 
I know that you knew all this intellectually, but then you really started digging into some deeper stuff on your own. What, what was going on? Yeah. And well, what I appreciate about you is that you approach that way with your patients. The mind body is not separate from the physical body. A lot of naturopathic functional doctors and certainly most conventional doctors are just focused on the physical, right? And, and asking some questions maybe about the mental, emotional, but also like, what are we doing modality-wise to get deep? So for me, a lot of my seeking and, and trying to, to, to look for what is out there that is really getting deepest to trauma, deepest, right? And, and I've tried everything, everything. The most powerful things at this point I found was psychedelics when I did them, right? And I did them under a setting that was clinical. So I was able to really have that safe hold and, and, and integrate and talk responsibly, basically. Mm-hmm. But what I found was that it's beautiful because you're in the ethereal realm. So you get to see a lot of the things that, you, that you're hiding subconsciously, right? Some of the things that have been unfolding in your life that are habituating your experience, but not serving you. But what I found is the, the practice that I've been doing for emotional release on people has been the most powerful thing. And I, and I say that with all the confidence because the transformations that I've seen, even after one visit, have been incredible. Why? Mm-hmm. Because our human experience is driven by our subconscious frequency, right? I'll illustrate what that means. We have people who walk around, for example, with a smile on their face. And they're joyous, right? They, they come into work and they go, hey, Will, how are you? Got a big day today. All right, here's your schedule. I'm going to go and get some lunch, right? Great. And, and they kind of like feel good to be around. But you certainly feel a little bit off when you meet them or when you see them because you know that there's something else going on. Mm-hmm. And if you dig deeper, they might be repressing some anger. What I'm trying to illustrate is this. People on the surface can have these emotions and this facade but their inner experience is driven by that anger. So that very person that I'm illustrating is going to inevitably have the people, places, things, situations, circumstances to align with the frequency that is being put out within them. So they're going to attract angry people. They're going to attract angry situations, right? And why? And this is a really important concept to understand. Why do angry people or sad people or helpless people attract situations that keep perpetuating that experience. And a lot of people doing a listening are going to go, wait a minute, I actually, I actually resonate with this because you know, I, I still do attract really shitty people in my life, friends or really shitty employees or, or boyfriends or girlfriends. The reason why is this, just like we have a wound on our hand, on our leg, we see and expect it to heal. Right? We know some of the mechanisms, but we can't quantify the intelligence of what's happening, what's driving, what's that force. But that same force is looking to heal emotional wounds. Emotional wounds need to be healed just like a physical wound. And when we see a physical wound, we go, okay, it's a cut. Two weeks later, oh, look, I got a scab. Three weeks later, it's gone. It's, it's back to normal. What a beautiful process. We take, we take advantage of it. But when it comes for the emotional wound, the way that it looks to heal is like this. When we have an emotional trauma that happens in our life, the body is looking to create an experience that is allowing us to witness and feel that emotion fully. If we repress it with our protective mechanisms, those compensation mechanisms, right? That society says, whoa, whoa, whoa this is a, a trauma that's causing a lot of anger, but you can't show all of that anger. We're hiding that, we're compensating, and then we have the mechanisms to protect us. So anytime ever when our body's trying to heal that emotional wound and we're attracting the people of that like frequency that's reminiscent to that trauma, 
Well, then our protectors come in and we go, oh, hey, I'm a funny guy. So I'm just going to make jokes right in this situation that is reminding me too much of that trauma that I don't want to feel. But the beautiful thing is this. It gets more dramatic over life until you really, really feel it. And I know you've seen people where it's a situation where they're super angry, disproportionately angry mm-hmm. when it's like a flat tire. And that's because they are attracting instances in their life so their body can feel. The only way to heal trauma is to refeel it fully in the body, transcend from it, and integrate it so you have a new relationship with that very repressed, unloved emotion, unlovable emotion that you deem unlovable to be felt and experienced. That is the same way that our body wants to heal physical wounds. It looks it looks at a similar way to heal emotional wounds. We block it. We're the ones who keep picking the scab with our protective mechanisms. Oh my gosh. That is some deep wellness. People need to repeat that and just <laughs> listen to that again. That was rich with really important insights. So to frame this and your journey into discovering what you just said, you mentioned trying everything in the book. Like what are the things in the past, just to give people maybe a bullet point list of the things you tried? Mm-hmm. So what, what have you done? EMDR. I did hypnosis. I've done all the breath works, every single version of the breath works you can possibly do. Meditation is very powerful. I've been doing it for a long time. That is the consistent thing that has kept me in the awareness that there is something deep, deep, deep. Mm-hmm. But, but, but the difference between all of these practices is that you have to be able to co-regulate with someone, right? There needs to be, when the trauma happens, it happens with someone. It doesn't happen. You're walking on the street and then you think about something and you go, whoa, that's traumatic. Now I'm traumatized forever. There's an instance with someone involved. Therefore, it stands to believe that to start healing that, you need someone else involved, a practitioner, a facilitator. And safety allows the body to open up. So sure, yeah, safe. You could feel safe when you're doing hypnosis. But the deepest thing that needs to happen is you need to witness those emotions. You need to, you, you, the person who is holding the trauma in needs to allow the onion layers to start peeling. You need to witness first your sadness or your anger and then sadness again until you get to those protective mechanisms. I think most therapeutic modalities out there will allow what I call the lovable emotions or like Wednesday afternoon emotions, ones that your friends and family will be like, yeah, Will, I've seen him get mad. He's not afraid to get mad. Oh, I've seen Will, I've seen Will cry. He's a sensitive guy. You know, he's really heart-centered. That, he's not scared of that. But what about the will that is held back? Because we all, it's you, me, all of us have parts of us that we go, yeah. hell no, society is not going to let me fully express blank. And that's based within our story framework. Yours is very different than mine based on how we grew up, our influences, our ideologies, everything, religion. So most of these therapies get us past those lovable emotions, right, right around our protective mechanisms. But none, I have found none that go past the protective mechanisms into unlovable emotions. Because when, when you feel safe with a facilitator who understands his practice, who can be the medicine for you, starts allowing the body to go, wait a minute, what the hell is happening? I have someone else in the room and I feel safe, like truly feel safe. I can be, not do, I can just be. When you allow the body to be, then the unfolding process happens. And when I say unfolding process, it's not me pushing, going, hey, you need to experience this, feel this. Not at all. On the contrary, it's when the body starts processing, I step away and I go, there you go. There's the process. And then it unfolds. It's a, it's a fragmentation. It is like a spiral, a spiraling of the body's intelligence into healing. So sometimes they're shaking. Sometimes there's 
yelling. I'll give you an example. There was a woman, German woman, who had really, really, she was super buttoned up. And you can tell she was so held in, repressed with something. And, you know, in Germany, they're not, the consciousness is not a very sexually liberated consciousness, right? So this woman was the epitome of that. So seeing her and, and doing this process on her, I was drawn to a part of her body and I just started pressing on it a little bit and it, it activated her immediately. And, and mind you, this, was, this person was open, very open in the first place. So this, this was really unfolding fast, but she's like, oh, I can't, I have this, I have this feeling. I, I'm so angry. I'm so angry. I'm angry. And then she starts like trying to be angry, but it's not. And she's like, no, I feel sad. I feel sad. And she's holding her chest and she's not accessing sadness. But what I see in her body communicating is her, her back is arching. Her hips are moving, right? Her, her, she has a little bit of a smirk and, I, and, I, and I'm feeling and I'm, I'm, I talked to my, my colleague and we're like, this is sexual energy that has been repressed for at, at, her, at her age, 40 something years, repressed, repressed, repressed. We brought it up and we go, could this be lustful energy? Could this be sexual energy? And she goes, she goes no, no, sexual energy? No, of course not. It can't. And she's standing and she looks and she starts smiling and she starts breathing. And I go, there you go. Now it's unlocking from her hips, right? From her womb is her power starts liberating, moving, moving to her stomach, moving to her chest. Her back is arching. She's breathing. This woman is working up an orgasm and she has an orgasm on the table. The most beautiful thing. Why? Because she reconnected with her most unlovable emotion and her most unlovable emotion was her sexual power, her sexual, her womanhood. This woman was so fucking disconnected from her womanhood and she was allowed to meet herself as the woman that she is in her sexual energy. Can you believe that one session she's re-meeting her most unlovable part and she walked out of there and I saw her a few days later, face was glowing, dressed completely different. I was like, and for me, I was like, wow, I would never even find this woman attractive in her energy beautiful woman, but her energy wasn't attractive. But seeing this woman step into her feminine, her womanhood, I was like, wow, this is her energy is so attractive right now. That's what I mean. Getting into contact. So she now has a new relationship with what sexuality and womanhood means to her. I love that. So that's a powerful story. And, and I'm hearing you talk about it. Is this how you're working with people now as sort of the somatic emotional release technique? How would you describe it? Yeah. So I told myself that I wouldn't work one-on-one because <laughs> I know I, I remember <laughs> you, this was like your, yeah. your plan for yourself. My you, plan you, for myself. Exactly. Yeah. I had, I was fully putting all that one-on-one energy to all the education and it's not because I don't like it. It's, it's because it just wasn't in alignment with what I had to offer. I prefer being doing what I'm doing, but after doing this practice, I said, I want to bring this to people as much as I can on a part-time level. So I just do a part-time there's, I'll do six a week no more because it can also be kind of intensive, you know, to hold that emotion, to hold space for that. Yeah. Yeah, To hold space for that. But it's also really, really beautiful, man. Like it's really beautiful. The guy I did last week, he just messaged his email email this morning. He said he's had pain since childhood, completely gone new relationship with his boyfriend and like fully in contact with who he is. It's like Mm -hmm. such a long email, but in the whole email, the theme was just like, I remember who I am and that's health. Well, that's health, authenticity, remembering and embodying who you are. How can you be healthy if you're eating a good diet or working out all the time and having good relationships, forgiving your family? But like, what about you? 
Are you embodying without fear who you want to be? Fuck society, fuck family. Are you embodying? Are you wearing what you want to wear, speaking what you want to speak? Are you expressing your true rights that you came into this earth with? Expressing it. I'm supposed to be able to express my sexuality. I'm supposed to be able to express my words, my wants, my needs. I, I deserve to be here on this earth. Look at me, feel my energy. That is health. When you're there, that's the basement level of being. When you're at being, then everything else falls into place, man. You know, you mm -hmm. want to eat healthier when you're being, right? Oh, yeah. It's right. like all of the things are for naught if you just don't even feel good in your body. Yeah. Many people ask me if they're not my patient, what labs would I recommend? What are some direct-to-consumer labs that you, that you can get without a doctor to learn about your health? I love that. that the, the decentralization of health information, the democratization of health information. A lab that I love for this is called Inside Tracker, because honestly, people age at different speeds and the date on your license honestly may not represent your inner biological age at all. If you're looking for ways to extend your health span and slow down the aging process, the keys to health and longevity run in your blood. That's why Inside Tracker provides you with a personalized plan to improve your metabolism, reduce your stress, improve your sleep, increase your energy levels, and optimize your health for the long haul. It was created by leading scientists in aging, genetics, and biometrics. Inside Tracker analyzes your blood, your DNA, and your fitness tracking data to identify where you're optimized and where you're not. You'll get a daily action plan. So you're not just going to see amazing data about your health, but you'll know what to do about it. This action plan will give you personalized guidance on the right exercise for your body, the right nutrition and foods to focus on for your body, and which supplements are right for your body. It's bio-individuality at its best. And if you ever do set up a consult with me, I love looking at Inside Tracker data and talking even more about it with you. You can add what they call Inner Age 2.0 to any plan. I recommend adding this Inner Age 2.0 to your plan because what you can get is a definitive calculation of your true biological age. You can actually see how you're aging from the inside out. For a limited time, you can get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just go to insidetracker.com forward slash art of being well. That's insidetracker.com forward slash art of being well, or you can use code Will Cole at checkout. What you're defining here for people that are maybe newer to these concepts that we're talking about is a dysregulated nervous system, right? A dysregulated inflammatory response immune system. Mm -hmm. So how can that present itself? Maybe the people that are, I think that are listening to this, some of the people are thinking, yeah, it's, that's not me. Like I don't have any trauma, but they have an autoimmune condition or they have a hormonal problem or so what, what, how can this manifest in people's lives? In everything, depending on your genetics and epigenetic influences, if you don't feel good in your body and you're holding in repressed emotion, how much energy do you think it takes to hold in that emotion? What do you think the nervous system is doing with all of its resources holding in that emotion? Energy transmits as heat in the body. So when people are having releases, they go from no sweat to drenched in sweat within five minutes, right? Because that energy is being liberated in the body and the nervous system is now utilizing these resources for other things like healing, like healing maybe, right? So when a nervous system is dysregulated, it's going to affect every system, but in large part, the immune system and the endocrine system, right? So anyone with hormonal issues and going, hey, look, I fixed my diet, you know, I'm taking these great supplements, but my hormones are still a mess, right? I'm taking out all of the xenoestrogens in my, in my diet and everything. 
and it's still not in balance. Well, you got you to think deeper than that. If you're having inflammatory reactions, autoimmune, poor immune system, always getting sick, right? Inflammatory reactions, inflammatory manifestations in the body and different organs. Think about if you're doing all the things on paper you need to, and it's still not working, you have to think deeper. You have to think upstream. What is happening upstream? Right? Are you seeing downstream manifestations of something that is being repressed in the body that just needs love and liberation? Perfectly said. So you talked about these different modalities, EMDR, meditation, breath work, all that stuff w- was helpful. I mean, you weren't talking helpful. like these were needed helpful. part, but, and then, but you couldn't find something that it could only get you so far as what I heard. Like it couldn't get you past the protective mechanism. Those things are still important things. So was it the psychedelics that pushed you past the protective mechanisms? What did that look like for you? Well, the beauty of these processes is that like even talk therapy, like I've done a lot of talk therapy and it's wonderful because what that did was elucidate that there's need, there's something there, right? Mm -hmm. And it's beautiful because I was able to be like, whoa, like there's a tree here. I didn't even know there was a giant tree of trauma or a giant tree of, they don't have to be big traumas too. There could be just little, I'm a sensitive guy. I've been sensitive since I was a kid to the environment, to, to light, to sounds, to people. So there's a lot of things that, have, that I'm very susceptible to. So seeing that there's a tree of sensitivity here, whoa, but what about the roots? Things that appease the logical mind, things that say, and, and we're, we're human beings, we love, we need to put concept. This is, we're like little ants bumping into each other going, oh, this is the floor, this is the, this is the wall, this is, this is food, this is a, a cell phone right? We need concept to feel better, to feel safe because in concept through relativity, we go, okay, now I understand. But what does it mean to understand? Is concept being like, okay, I feel like I have anger versus I feel anger. It's a very big difference because logic and egoic conceptualization only brings you so far. Unfortunately, that's going to appease the ego. The ego wants to know. The ego wants that moment. You know what? It was you're right. It was my teacher. That's when it happened. Now I'm going to feel better. But you never do feel better. The reason you don't feel better is because it's not talking to the body. The body's language is emotions, energy, emotion. That is the body's understanding. You need to refeel, refeel the depth of that emotion in the body and transcend that. But all of these practices, they chip away at different places. Yeah. You know, through different angles, right? EMDR can help get into the brain, into those parts of the body and go, oh, whoa, that was crazy. I just remembered this total subconscious memory, right? But for me, I submit the subconscious is the body. Subconscious is not in the brain. Subconscious is the culmination of all cellular intelligence, genetic intelligence. And that's what's driving your human experience, not your decisions going, oh, maybe today I'll go to Whole Foods. That's not driving your human experience. The wants behind the why you're choosing to go to Whole Foods is and that's in your subconscious so this is why you need to get into the subconscious and not only feel what's there witness it you need to go wow you know what i actually feel anger okay where it's actually right here in my stomach okay how do how do we feel that can we feel it can we express it can we allow it can we move it can we breathe it all of these things start unfolding and that's when the process really starts got it so that unfolding doesn't necessarily have to involve psychedelics it does for some people but what, what's your thoughts on that? Is that like the main pathway to unfolding these things for people who need it or mm. not necessarily? Yeah. So I have a deep reverence for the power of psychedelics. I do. Now there's a lot of controversy behind them. We're still waiting on a, to see how policy behind all different types of psychedelics or any therapeutic substances for mental health. We know that a lot of them have direct 
connection to healing things like depression or suicidality, alcoholism, smoking cessation. We know this and it's powerful. We're just waiting for it to be available for everyone. Okay. Yeah. So the way that I see psychedelics is that different ones have different mechanisms in the body. Some are deeper, more spiritual, right? Some really work on the brain level, right? Actually helping reconnect neurons in a different way to experience your experience differently. But for me, it's still all in the, and again, I say this with a deep reverence, it's still on all in the ethereal, right? Oftentimes when you do a higher dose of psychedelics, your experience is not in your body. Your experience is ethereal. So you go, wow, that makes sense. Oh, what a memory now. But when you get to experience it in your body, sober, experiencing it in your body, feeling what true helplessness feels like, shaking, sweating, crying, yelling, crying more, shaking again, that, that is the key for me to unlocking that process, right? Because now the body goes, okay, now you get to feel what helplessness feels like in your waking life all the time. You'll, you'll be able to always remember, wow, that's helplessness. And that's where it is in my body. Unfortunately, psychedelics don't always create that experience, but psychedelics are incredible at showing you exactly where you need to go. So for me, it's like they are the captain of the ship in many ways to show you where the island is, but to get off the ship and experience the island, it's something somatic. Got it. Love that. Perfectly said. So something that I saw you post not too long ago under this topic that we're talking about is gate changes and how you noticed the gate changes, which I thought was fascinating. I never saw someone talk about it like that before. Can you explain what you were talking about there? Yeah. So the body is always talking to us. Always. You know this through disease, right? We see skin issues. We go, oh, the body's saying something. What is it saying? Right. And, th- and this is the art of medicine that you've so well integrated into your practice and, and body, right? Like seeing, okay, it's inflammation, but how is it looking? What's, what's happening with this particular person? But the body does something very similar. The way you walk, the way you stand, the way you move, the way your shoulders are oriented, the way your ribs are oriented, the way your hips are oriented. How are, how are your feet touching the ground? How are they touching the ground when you stand, when you move? All of these things have signals about what's happening in the body. And it's interesting because a lot of it is anecdotal, right? You'll be like, oh, well, that person looks like they're holding in blank by the way they stand and move. But really what I've been noticing is I, I always watch when the person comes in and I get a feel for them. I tune in, you know, I watch their body. I watch how they stand. And then we start talking. I, I would say probably 95% of the time I've been wrong maybe twice that that is the same exact, probably even 98%, the same exact thing that you see in the body communicating to you is what comes out about 45 minutes later, right? And wow. so say, for example, like, and it's funny because the, me from five years ago would have been like, Dr. G, you don't went crazy, right? Because like, <laughs> you're talking about somatic, like, where's the study? Like, how do you quantify energy? Like, how do you quantify body release? How do you quantify anger? You can't. This is the art of medicine that I'm talking about here. And the thing about is this, is this because I was so research oriented and so like, okay, like, is this like even going to work? How do we even do that? How do we talk about the fascia? But the fact of the matter is, is that let's say, for example, like we look at shoulder, this is oftentimes really true. And I would ask everyone to pay attention, which shoulder is higher for you, right? The left or the right. Now the left really represents your feminine side of your body, your feminine energies and the right, the masculine. So oftentimes you'll see if you're living with a mother wound and you're a woman or a father wound and you're a son, 
you have an overcompensation. So let's say you're a woman and you have a deep, deep mother wound. You have a really shitty relationship with your mom. You have resentment. Oftentimes that resentment manifests as a resentment against your own femininity, Mm -hmm. right? So what you'll see for a lot of the time, if you have a mother wound or resentment against your own femininity, your left shoulder may be a little bit higher than the left, right? And that is the body in many ways. If you think about a weight just being like a book bag in in high school, when you had a one strap, you kind of had to bring your shoulder up a little bit to compensate for the weight of the book bag. Oftentimes, I can already see when someone walks in just by their shoulders, okay, this person either has a wound from mother or father and or dealing with an issue with their masculine or feminine self. And mm-hmm. I'm telling you, man, it's, it's about nine out of 10 times where we talk, we experience and it goes up, oh, there you go, knew it, right? So just take a, to take a look at how your body's communicating with you. How do you stand? What's your posture like? When you walk on the floor, do you walk with authority or do you walk as if you're not, you don't want to be heard, you don't want to be seen? Just start tuning in, right? Because I'll tell you my experience when I was in uh, Portugal and we were doing this, right? They go, we need a volunteer to, to we're going to analyze your gate. I go, oh, girl, I'll do it. You know, I'm in the front. And I was like, ah, shit, how did I get myself into this? You know, <laughs> it's funny. I, I love being in front of the camera, but I don't love being in front of like intimate group of like 30 people. Right. But for some reason, my hand just went up. It was like, it was kind of like weekend at Bernie's. Like my, someone just put my hand up and I was like, all right. <laughs> so then next thing I know I'm walking and I'm sort of like, walking normally how I walk. And I hear people saying like, he's dragging his feet. And then they're like, they're like, oh, look at, look at, he doesn't even want to be walking. Look at his back, look at his posture. And they're just tearing me apart. I was like, and I was like, shit, man, I did not know that I walk like this. And then, and then the facilitator, the whole retreat, he's like, what I see is yes, that like, do I have to do this? Why do I have to walk? Can I just go back and sit down or lay down? It's like, and there's no authority in the body, right? And then it was interesting that he asked me to walk. He said, walk with more authority. So I tried to walk with more authority. And then he goes, stop. Oh, he goes, all the men in this retreat, get behind Christian, everyone. And there was like 15 guys that got behind me. And I look at them and they're all looking at me. And I was like, oh my God, like I've never had 15. I wasn't like the captain of the football team. I played football, but I, you know, I was a captain of lacrosse. And I don't know what it is to lead men. And then he goes, now Christian, walk with these men like they're a part of your tribe and you're walking to go to war. I said, walking to go to war? What does that even mean? And boom, completely turned on this inherent, deep, deep seated part of my masculinity that hasn't been shown because I didn't have the confidence or courage to know what it meant to be a leader of men. And this wasn't just conscious, like my back went straight, my chest went out, my stomach got tight and my shoulders came out. And then I walked with authority and you heard every single one of my footsteps. And, and you know, what was crazy. The women in the audience immediately, you heard them. They were like, Oh my God. They're like, hello, men. (laughs) And it was all the women in the class, their energy changed towards me. And why it's because we are deeply, deeply encoded male and female to be in this gate mechanic, right? Of this masculinity and feminine flow and masculinity and feminine flow, right? And that set off these genetic, whoa, that man right there, that his avatar's name is Christian, can be a leader of men and women. And Mm -hmm. that completely changed my life because my walk changed forever. And when the walk changed, the confidence changed because when you walk, that sends signals to your nervous system. And when it sends signals to your nervous system, that's a signals to who you are and how you show up in the world. That's incredible. Yeah. Oh my God. It makes complete sense to me. 
And it's this emotional release, somatic therapy that we're talking about that can look so different for different people. And I'm thinking about it just such on a primal ancestral level, what you recalibrated in that session in, in Portugal, mm-hmm. really, really profound. Mm-hmm. Wow. I could go on and on about this with you. I want to shift gears, my friend, on, and you know this, the podcast is called The Art of Being Well. This is Dr. G's Art of Being Well where I want to just pick your brain on different things of wellness. We've already learned so much. Are you up for this? Yes, this of challenge? course. All right. It, let's think your top healthy food that's the worst tasting, but you <laughs> still eat it because it's so freaking good for you. Oh, man, that's a good one. Oh, I got one. I have always been deathly weirded out by parasites. Right. Like I know that we evolved with them, but I know that parasites can really mess up your physical health. Mm-hmm. And in many ways, even deeper, your mental, your emotional health. And I have wormwood that I take a few times a month. And we're talking about weren't now for those who you who don't know, wormwood is a an herb, but it's so pungent, right? Mm-hmm. Really high in those tannins. And I'll take a shot of it. And it's good because what Wormwood does is one of the best anti-parasitic herbs out there. And I have a, a, a few companies, really, really good quality, like top herb companies. And I'll take a shot of it. And every single time, my party days when I had Smirnoff, right? I had absolute vodka. <laughs> I, had, I had all of the shots you can think of. Nothing compares to what Wormwood tastes like, man. It's like my, my eyes are twitching. One's tearing. My lips are quivering. But you know what? All those damn parasites that are living in my body are withering away <laughs> and I'm pooping them right out. We could put the links in the in the show notes. How are you taking this? Is like a tincture. tincture? Tincture. Yeah. It's strong stuff. Yeah. Strong stuff. You know, I was thinking, I'm not to jump back, but I was thinking in this and it left my mind and it came back, is what you're talking with the left and the right column. And for people to just realize this, what you just said has been used in medicine traditionally for thousands of years. We've just forgot it. And we get so arrogant in our modern mind that we don't realize that these were things that our ancestors knew that the left side was more feminine. The right side was more masculine. I mean, look, hermetic wisdom and traditional Chinese medicine and Kabbalistic thoughts about the body. I just wanted to kind of, for people that want to research more about what you just said, it was really powerful. Yeah. Thank you. Well, because every single time we do a practice and oftentimes people bring in their mom or their dad into this, it's almost every, I'm talking about almost, let's say again, 98% mom is on the left side, dad is on the right side, unless there's a hyper-masculine mom which I, I ask about every single time after, and they're mm-hmm. always on the right side and a hyper-feminine dad is always on the left side. Interesting. I mean, even in biblical, like a lot of symbol, symbol, symbolism in the Bible about Jesus being in the right hand of God and then the left hand, we can go into that, but there was a, a goddess, it, the Holy Spirit was actually seen as a feminine mm-hmm. on the left hand of God. I mean, this is throughout any spiritual mm-hmm. wisdom and traditional medicine as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But anyways, I digress. Let's get back into the art of being well. Next question is, do you feel like you are better or worse off with social media? Ooh, that is the question of the year, man. I like that question. Okay. Um, I would say worse. What, how so? Oftentimes when, you know, people like you and me are doing work, right? Like mm-hmm. a lot or most of our, workplace. This is our office, social media, right? But I don't think we even 
understand or will understand for the next 10 years the effects of what cell phones do. And I really try to protect myself, wear my blue blockers or my day blockers during the day, but not always. And, and there's something to be said about just always tuning in, scrolling, attention span, a world of images, always new images. I think that, that I'm even, even me who tries to be careful about it, is taking in so much information Mm-hmm. that I'll feel dysregulated. Now, pay, I would tell people, if your child is using, not doesn't have a phone all day, they wake up early in the morning and then they start using the phone mm-hmm. for 15 minutes or the iPad for 15 minutes, take it away from them and then see if they're worse off or better off. What you may find is because a child's so sensitive, they don't have those adult parameters where we go, okay, I can pretend to regulate myself. No, a child will be really showing you. They're oftentimes dysregulated with their nervous system. They'll start crying or they're uncomfortable, right? They don't feel good anymore, right? Because I really think that cell phone and cell phone technology is not insidious. There's something to it. And Mm -hmm. look, and this is a person saying it who literally like my income, my reach is coming from this little thing right here in my hand. You know what I mean? It's crazy. Mm -hmm. But if that wasn't there, I'd just probably be a performer, an actor, a playwright or something, you know? So, <laughs> and I'd still be alive and I would probably sleep better and I would probably still feel less anxious, you know? Yeah. I think it's, it's about boundaries. And I think people don't have good boundaries with this. They yeah. were not taught how to do it. And it's like more is better, right? And it's just mm-hmm. constant consuming, which I, you're right. To going back to that, we are one massive experiment right now as far as societal health and personal health. Mm-hmm. I agree. And we'll see how it is a few years from now, but you're right. Most people don't have any boundaries and before bed, they're on this, right? First thing in the morning, they're on this. When they're waiting for a gluten-free bagel at their favorite restaurant, at their favorite cafe, they're on it at the line, you know? Yeah. And, and I say worse off because it's taken away human connection, man. And, and that there's nothing that can, there's no social connection that can ever amount to what the power is of feeling someone's energy, seeing their mannerisms, right? Connecting truly on a human level. And that is going down the drain. And that is so healing because we evolved communicating, right? Not in social isolation, but being in tribes, feeling people's energy, feeling when someone's angry, feeling when someone's joyous, right? Co-regulating, co-dysregulating. That is the power of what it is to be a human. And unfortunately, this has taken a lot away from it. Yeah, truth. What's your favorite way to your top tip to get a great night's sleep? Oh, man. I've recently been on a PEMF mat and I really like it. I did it last night. Oh, so the PEMF mat, for those of you who don't know, it's, it's electromagnetic frequency pulsed and it's sending out frequencies at different hertz that are going to be able to have different effects on the body. Some of them are really going to create brainwaves that are going to tune you in where you feel really good during the day. And that's what I'll do usually around like one o'clock or 11 o'clock. But the night one will really get you into those calm, restorative, relaxation waves. So then you're tuning down. So me, usually I'm tuned up even at night. I'm like, okay, what am I going to do tomorrow? And then I'll lay down, put a little music, put these headphones I got on, and then really take 15 minutes. And that, that I notice palpably is like laying on the grass and relaxing my nervous system and then going to bed. Something more accessible is just blue blockers, man. I mean, it's such a classic thing to say on all the shows, but I wouldn't say it if it didn't work and it worked, put them on as soon as the sun goes down, see how tired you get and how much earlier you get tired and how much better your sleep is. Love it. My son is 15 years old, Solomon. He, he notices it so strongly. 
I don't really have a sleep problem and he stays up too late, but he puts the, the glasses on, man, he gets tired, goes to bed. His, his circadian rhythm is so much stronger whenever healthier, whenever he does it. Dude, it. Nine o'clock. If I wear blue blockers and I watch a movie with my girlfriend, right? Like we watch a movie. I never fall asleep during movies, but if I put those blue blockers, I'm, I got my mouth open and I'm drooling. Right. And then she's like, did you see what happened on Stranger Things? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw it. I saw it. It's good, man. Keep going. Keep going. Like, are you asleep? I'm going, no, I ain't sleep. I'm good. I'm good. But, uh, but man, those blue blockers are something else. They work. They work. Especially if you don't sleep well, they work. Start doing them if you don't sleep well. Love it. And yeah, how about that Stranger Things? That 11, man. Yeah, that 11. Just next but, level. But check, but check this out. You cannot ruin it because I got one more episode left. <laughs> If I won't you even say it. it. You won't. You will never see someone on your podcast close their laptop screen so fast. Vecna. That's all I'm going to say. Vecna. Okay. You, you know about Vecna, but I do know about. You I don't know, know about, about Vecna until until you, you know up. about him. Yeah. Yeah. That, then you know about Vecna on a deeper level. You know, dude. Vecna it, needs some somatic therapy. He needs. He man. That, psh, I feel like I said that during the show. I go. This man should have gotten it early on when he was he was out there working, man. He, need, he needed to hand on his chest and some, some breathing mechanisms, you know? But one thing I will say is I love the 80s vibe, right? You and me are 80s babies, right? Yeah. We, you were born in the 80s, right? Not yeah, so. 83. 83. I was born in 84. So, right? Like, yeah. we, we love that synth. We love the high top sneakers. We love the stonewashed jeans, right? Yeah. Some oh, of the music reminiscent of our childhood. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Even that Kate Bush song that they really brought back into the zeitgeist right now. It's like such an epic song. Bro, I I remember it. I remember that song. Good. I'm glad she's having her rebound of her career right now. Exactly. All right. Next question. I'm very curious about this. I'll just ask the question. Do you ever go to Starbucks? And if so, what is your order? Okay. Hell no. (laughs) I haven't been to Starbucks in years. Just to pee on the road. (laughs) You're the real deal in this way. Like you are a... Well, why is it? Is there anything on the menu that you could be like compromised with? Yeah. Be pragmatic with? Most, okay. Well, one, I don't drink coffee, not because uh, I don't think coffee is good for you. I think a good quality coffee is good for you. If you drink it the right way, you're intentional about your intake, right? You, you, you do it as a ritual instead of just being like, I need coffee and you're running out and you're driving and drinking your coffee and now you're buzzed for the day. I think it can cause a lot of issues for people who drink it like that. But I just don't drink it because I'm super sensitive to caffeine. I will feel the caffeine at night, even if it's 12 hours later. The last time I went to Starbucks, I had a matcha. And I was like, wow, this matcha is really sweet. And they're like, oh, we don't add sugar. And then I was like, can I see your matcha? And they brought it out from the back. Oh, yeah, it had so much sugar. It's like yeah. sugar and matcha. And I was it's like, like, I think a one-to-one matcha to sugar ratio. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. I was like, this is, I'm basically drinking like green sugar. Yeah, um, right. So that's why, I mean, like, I used to be a lot more difficult. I have open, I'm open to things, right? Like if I'm in a restaurant, I don't have to eat organic. Like the stress of putting that on myself is not worth just connecting with friends and being like, I can't eat, you guys eat, right? So instead I'll eat. I I always stay away from gluten because I know my body does not work well with it at all, period. But, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes I'll give leeway to organic, not organic. But when it comes to Starbucks, there's not much there for me, you know? Like, I just don't think there's, I'll eat at Chipotle on the road okay. if I need to. Yeah, I'll stop at What Chipotle. are you getting at Chipotle? People want to know your Chipotle order. Chipotle. So I have, they have a, a, a vegan or non-meat option. So I'll get like the rice, the beans, the peppers, add in a little bit more beans too. Make it real nice and spicy because I'm Latin, yeah. you know, and then I'll feel good about it. <laughs> I like their pico de gallo and I like their super spicy one. Like I combine those two sauces. The super spicy hits yeah. really nice. 
Yeah. And the Safritas, the Safritas is the vegan one or? I think so. Yeah. They have like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've had it before. I have had it before. It's good. My friend, I could talk to you forever. This has been great. Where can people go to learn more about your work and kind of dig into some of the stuff we've been talking about today? Yeah, man. So the the podcast that you've been on now twice is called Heal Thyself. So first go check out Will and I's show. It was fantastic. One of the best podcasts in the world, in my opinion. You're fantastic at what you do. Thank you. Thank you. Again, this is why I'm not practicing one-on-one because I love to do this type of stuff. That's the vibe, you know? But it's called Heal Thyself. Check it out. All the platforms at doctor.gonzalez with a Z at the end. That is the Instagram. I got my own membership on there. So we're doing like exclusive memberships. People are getting $8 a month. I'm over delivering like crazy, man. We got recipes. We got all of the cliff notes from the podcast. We got webinar. It's like, but it's because I need to educate more in different ways. You know what I mean? Like you got to- 100%. So this is Dr. G's OnlyFans. Only- Only, only I ain't taking no pictures of myself. Maybe, maybe, maybe one in a kimono, maybe another one in a kimono, but that's all you're going to get. Maybe, maybe. (laughs) It's it's funny. Yeah, but that's growing. And and yeah, like we were talking about the book that's coming out next year. At the end of next year, as you know, books are- their own time. Yeah, their own beast. So they take some time. And the emotional release, man, we're booked out till the end of December. But next year, we're coming hard on these emotional releases. I'm going to start teaching people. I'm going to start doing group classes, all of the good stuff. And um, when you're out here, you can just catch Will and I walking up and down Abikini, just chilling, doing right. the vibes. That's right. Come up, hang out <laughs> with us. We'll do some somatic therapy right there on Abikini. <laughs> Bro, you, you know I'm not afraid of these emotions. I will show it to anyone. <laughs> Love you, brother. I'll, I'll see you soon. All right. I appreciate it. At the end of every episode, I'll be answering a question from one of you guys. Nothing is off limits. Ask me anything. And you can send your questions over to me on Instagram or Facebook. As a functional medicine practitioner, it's been fun seeing the questions that have already come in on different food philosophies, wellness trends, and ways to approach overall mental, emotional, and physical health and well-being. Thanks for those. And I'm looking forward to seeing what else is on your mind. Now it's time for another Ask Me Anything. Today's question is from Carla. Are you familiar with and do you help people with mast cell activation syndrome? Well, Carla, absolutely. Mast cell activation syndrome or MCAS is something that we see a lot clinically. Whether someone knows they have the issue or not is oftentimes a component to many of our patients' issues. Not everybody. I don't want to over-dramatize it, but it certainly is more common than you would expect, I think. And we actually have talked about it in past episodes. So Carla, if you go back to wherever you listen to the podcast, just type in my name and histamine intolerance or mast cell activation syndrome, it should show up. It's at drwillcool.com too. If you just use the search engine at drwillcool.com, I've written a lot about it in articles as well as the actual podcast, The Art of Being Well episode, you'll be able to see it there too. So either way, completely fine. But uh, yes, it is something that we have a passion for to to give people insight into why they feel the way that they do and to give them tools to overcome it. So real quickly, there's a rundown. We see mast cell activation and histamine intolerance of which that's a part of. And you can have technically an a histamine intolerance without full-blown mast cell activation syndrome, but it's part of that same sort of immune dysregulation spectrum issue. And there are 
a lot of different variables to consider when you're talking about mast cell activation syndrome. But the, some of the most common drivers of mast cell activation syndrome is mold toxicity or mycotoxicity, which we've talked about in the podcast as well a lot, and uh, SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, which we also have talked about a lot. Unresolved trauma is another mental emotional uh, component that can impact the way uh, that mast cell activation syndrome is manifesting. Uh, so that's another thing to consider. Lyme disease, chronic Lyme, uh, co-infections is something that we also see from time to time that can trigger mast cell activation syndrome. But these are all biotoxins. When you're looking at Lyme and co-infections and SIBO and mold toxicity, these are bacterial uh, and other you know, mold fungus toxins that are released from these natural compounds hence the term biotoxins. So that can cause any number of symptoms. It can cause skin flare-ups, skin rashes. That's one common symptom of mast cell activation and histamine intolerance. Uh, migraines, chronic fatigue syndrome, brain fog. It can be certainly implicated in that. Uh, digestive problems. Uh, so those are com some common symptoms. Uh, so we would rule this in with labs. We can measure serum histamine in the blood. You can measure diamine oxidase, which is the enzyme that breaks down histamine. And we want to deal with the root cause of why you have the problem in the first place so your immune system can calm down and your nervous system can regulate itself. So certainly I have a heart for anybody going through a, re a food sensitivity like that or immune reactivity like that. It is not fun at all. And it is my honor to hold space for people going through issues like this. So if you want to learn more about the clinical work that we do at the Telehealth Center, you can check it all out at drwillcole.com. Thanks again for listening to The Art of Being Well. If you have a chance, please rate and review the podcast here. And if you like what you're hearing, hit follow and pass it along to a friend. To see more, head to drwillcole.com slash podcast. I'll be back every Monday and Thursday, and I hope you will too. Talk soon. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.